Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. I recently read several articles from actual medical doctors and researchers that deal with the issue of several unique results of the COVID jabs. For instance, the Reese report from Greg Reese notes, quote, evidence shows biological ID system has already been deployed, unquote. Well, several days prior to that post, one from Anna Maria Mahalsha, who's a doctor and also has a PhD, was posted on her substack titled, quote, fluorescent orange face tattoo under UV light in C-19 vaccinated and eye of Horus phenomenon. Are humans limbic systems being altered for behavior modification? Well, both articles utilize the image that I have in the uh, transcript and on my blog, and the uh, image is courtesy of Justin Coy, PhD. Now, notice if you look at that picture, and I'd like you to, notice the small white dots in the eyes near the nose on each side of the photo. This is referred to as the eye of Horus. And here's a quote, new research shows that those who receive the COVID shots emit a fluorescent orange glow in their faces that is visible under a UV light of 365 nanometers. And those who have been exposed to shedding emit this glow around their nose. And that's from the Reese report. Well, that should be concerning to all, but most will not be alarmed. Some will be, those who have to date refused the jab, but those who continue to see the jab in any way as efficacious will ignore it because it sounds too much like one of those run-of-the-mill conspiracy theories. Well, apparently this phenomenon goes back to at least 2008 when a biological nanotechnology pesticide designed to kill the brown moth in the state of California was deployed and appears to have included the same sort of fluorescent invisible micro dye that we see in scientific research. Now, another research uh, person, Justin Coy, as I've previously mentioned, says this, the genetic code for luciferase, a bioluminescent enzyme found in nature, is included in the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, along with SV40, which could theoretically allow the luciferase to be written into the genetics of the recipient. And Coy proposes that this could be what is causing the vaxxed to glow under UV light. So SV40 is a known, I guess, cancer-causing agent, right? Which is why it was removed from the polio vaccine decades ago. But why was it included in the COVID jab if it is a cancer-causing agent? But did you also happen to notice the phrase, quote, which could theoretically allow the luciferase to be written into the genetics of the recipient? Now, there's been a great deal of discussion regarding how the COVID jab acts on the human genome. In essence, many medical authorities believe the jab to be gene therapy, installing itself into cells to process the message initiated by the jab itself. More information can be obtained about this at Daily Cloud. And I've got links for all this stuff in the transcripts. Now, obviously, if the jab is responsible for this issue, then the ramifications are also alarming. Why would they mark people like this? 
What's in it for them? Well, I suppose it's one way to determine who has and who has not had the jabs, isn't it? If having to pass through a UV light source at some point. It's certainly easier than carrying a phone with a uh, QR code on it, vaccination QR code. Now, this is also reminiscent of the future when the mark of the beast is put into effect and made mandatory, Revelation 13, 11 through 17. It's what's happening now. Is it just a trial run, a test marking, so to speak? Could this be a type of brand like farmers who brand their cattle? But aside from the issue of fluorescence in those who have taken the jab, are there any other issues that are concerning related to the jab itself? Well, there are actually many, yet for the most part, the medical complex appears unwilling to consider these problems as it continues to move ahead with their preparations of more jabs for future pandemics like disease X that we're hearing about. For one thing, more and more embalmers and coroners are seeing a huge increase in white fibrous clotting they're having to remove from dead people before they can be embalmed. There's a connection in the way the spike protein works within the body to actually increase the incidence of fibrin clotting. Now listen to this quote. Normally, the body continually forms and then breaks down fibrin clots. But once they become misfolded, the enzymes the body uses to break the clots down no longer fit and hence can't break them down. Well, since the spike protein causes proteins to misfold, either due to its prion domain or its effect on the physiological zeta potential, and I'm not quite sure what that is, but there's a problem here because the spike protein is causing proteins to misfold. And as the quote says, once they get to that point where they're misfolded, they no longer fit. So researchers have discovered that the presence of the spike protein caused misfolded fibrin clots to form that gradually collected on the walls of containers designed to simulate living blood cells and blood vessels, excuse me. It would result in larger and larger clots forming, which would eventually match the shape of the blood vessels that encase them. That model has since become the expected and accepted explanation for those amyloid clots. So, question, is the spike protein actually creating an environment where these fibrin clots are not only created but encourages their growth? Why isn't the medical complex warning us about this? Well, except for a few doctors here and there, we're hearing nothing about it. But it doesn't stop with fibrous clots either. Dr. Michael Nels has recently noted that the mRNA injections erase autobiographical memory in the hippocampus. Now, that should also set off red flags, but instead, most of those within the medical complex refuse to acknowledge this problem, just like they continue to ignore all of the serious adverse reactions, including turbo cancers and even deaths from the jab. They simply deny and even cast aspersions on those who attempt to have the discussion regarding the possibility of the jab causing these and other issues. But according to Dr. Michael Nels, the spike protein from the virus and the mRNA injections attack the brain. They erase one's autobiographical memory in the hippocampus. 
People lose their curiosity and brain processing. The nerve cells lead to Alzheimer's conditions, of course, with many going through a personality change. So the spike protein has become a brain toxin. A vulnerability has been created in the brain that can be filled with any fear-based message. And that's important to understand. So is this why some folks go through a major change in their personalities? According to Nels, it's not only possible, but likely. The hippocampus retains our memories and creates the way we think and our personality itself. So to destroy the hippocampus is to destroy the person and the personality because memories are housed there. So what the jab can do is to create a large portion of society that suffers from Alzheimer's and other mental issues. Is it a stretch to think that with on-the-rise state-sponsored euthanasia, those particular folks will be put into literal killing facilities rather than continuing to be a drain on society? But in spite of the level of adverse reactions and deaths, including its effect on the hippocampus, the main pushers of the jab continue to push it, even for babies only months old. You know, I recall several years ago, after the COVID jab was introduced, certain doctors like McCullough, Tenpenny, Corey, and a host of others warned us about upcoming potentially major problems that would cause toxicity in people. This would be seen in many types of adverse reactions, including deaths, sudden deaths. The idea was that it would build to a point where the number of deaths would seem horrific, but yet would be completely and continually ignored by the medical complex. Just the other day, our niece told us that a 10-year-old friend of her daughter's died suddenly. There's no explanation at this point. And of course, parents and friends are grieved and baffled. Our niece has had the jab as her husband has. She since wishes she had not had it. And we don't believe their kids have had it. Yet it is clear that many parents have taken their children to receive the COVID jab. And what we are seeing could very well be the tragic result of that. So remember when healthcare workers had a time to create these intricate dance videos about how allegedly overworked they were. You remember that? This was before the jab was available and none of them were told they had to take it. Well, since then, most healthcare workers have been mandated to take the jab and they did so. And now we are seeing the results of it as reported by numerous people, including Dr. William Makis, or Makis, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Here he says, nurses collapsing with cardiac arrests, blood clots, aneurysms, dying in sleep, turbo cancers, and sudden deaths. A hundred nurses injured and dead since May 2023. You know, we won't even discuss the number of doctors in Canada who have died suddenly after the jab rollout. Dr. Makis goes on to say, quote, nurses and teachers are two professions that are getting completely annihilated by COVID-19 mRNA vaccine mandates and the lethal effects those mandates continue to have to this day. And in another issue, apparently there's also a huge difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated blood. I've got links again for these things. People may want to keep this in mind when having to undergo surgeries that may require blood transfusions. Well, let's not forget that the globalists seek one major thing, control. They want total control over what we eat, 
where we can go, what type of money we use, how we can spend it, and essentially everything we do. They intend to create a one-world global government that has tyrannical control over the entire global society. This is a hugely tall order that they have embarked on. And because of that, many throughout global society won't even consider the reality of it. It's too far-fetched, they think. Either it'll never happen or they will simply embrace it, like folks are doing in the previously mentioned article uh, on my blog website about cul-de-sac. It's the first smart city, the first five-minute city. And I've discussed it previously. Here's a Quote from that, a Tempe, Arizona neighborhood has been named cul-de-sac and is America's first example of a 15-minute city, a vision of the World Economic Forum and the globalist cult, who are pitching the concept as being more environmentally friendly. Instead of seeing this development as a dystopian nightmare, cul-de-sac residents appear to be thrilled at their new way of life. Well... People gravitate toward things that make life easier, safer, and more secure. We're going to talk about that more in an upcoming article. But not long ago, my wife and I watched a short video of a woman in a store at checkout. Apparently, she'd had a chip inserted into her hand, so to make the purchase, she simply placed her palm over the card reader, and the sale went through. She was nearly breathless with excitement. And I'm amazed at how many people are literally welcoming their own restrictions, their own imprisonment, and they seem clueless about it. So part of this attempt, oh, and by the way, you can, you can expect that the globalists are going to, as I mentioned previously, incentivize all of these things. Everything that's coming, they're going to make it, you know, they're going to try and use hook, line, and sinker to get us involved and give us all kinds of incentives to jump on board, and many people, unfortunately, will. I can't help but wonder whether, you know, some of this stuff is going to lead to, what, the tribulation, right? But... People are clueless. And part of this attempt to control is seen in some of the other things that globalists are doing. Bill Gates is making his dystopian dream of blocking at least some of the sun's rays reality. I can't help but wonder whether God will use some of these man-made problems during the coming tribulation to bring about some of his judgments that are listed in Revelation chapter 6 through 18. I mean, for goodness sake, they aren't even sure what problems may be associated with blocking even part of the sun's rays. Yet good old big tech eugenicist Bill Gates thinks his quote-unquote solution will solve climate change. I don't honestly believe he believes in global warming or climate change, but he may be that vapid. I'm not sure. If he doesn't believe in it, then what is this all about? Well, it's about killing the earth heavily reducing the amount of food that's available for people, which in turn will create famines and pestilences around the globe, not to mention a severe increase in violence as people can't find the things they need to sustain life. Massive death is the result. That's throughout the book of Revelation. That's in Jesus's um, Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24. I mean, he talks about those things, famines, pestilences. One thing these globalists have in common is their dedication to destroying life. They've proved it repeatedly. They mirror Satan's desire to destroy God's creation because globalists are empowered by Satan. Folks, keep looking up. Get your mind, your face, your eyes, your, your thoughts in his word. 
And as I've mentioned before, and I'll continue to mention it, it's probably best to learn to become somewhat invisible as much as possible. Live quiet lives, but always be prepared to give someone the reason for the hope that you possess in Christ. 1 Peter 3, 15. And I thank you for joining me today. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 